Here's Goldson with a chance for United. Lovely shot from Leah Goldson. Goldson! Oh, yes! It's another super strike. A spectacular effort from Leah Goldson. The pass through to Goldson now. Goldson will take a shot. Goldson! Brilliant goal for United. Leah Goldson took a shot from distance. And into the back of the net it went. A strong strike. What a goal from Leah Goldson. Hello and welcome to another Manchester United podcast. I'm Helen Evans. Joining me, as always, David May and Sam Homewood. As always. Yes, as always. Simon's not always, is he? Because he was missing last week. But good to have you on board, Simon, this week. Thank you, David. It's been ditching us yes. to do fun kids things. Yeah. Fun kids programs. I would always rather be with you. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah. I, whenever you, I travel, I pack up my mic just in case there's any scenario in which I can join a conversation. Mm-hmm. How's the uh, antenatal classes going? Good. Well, I, haven't, I haven't done one yet, as you're well aware. Oh well, I don't know it's coming up. Are you excited about it? I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It'll be what, interesting. What, what, what does that entail? I've no idea. It's going on Zoom. We will have it on on the next podcast. Yeah. Sam's first experience at being in an antenatal. <laughs> Class. Beautiful. <laughs> I know. I have got three kids, and I've actually never done one. You never did one. No, oh. probably should have. Anyway, bit of a pro now. So this week, Leah Galton is on the podcast. I'm looking forward to this one. Me too. I, yes. I think she'll be a great guest. She will. I think all all of the all of the, no disrespect to the 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 male players that we've spoken to, but I think because of the nature of how new the women's super league is. And how quickly the women's game is developing at the minute. The the stories as to how each player got to this point, I think they're all so different and all so interesting. Yeah, I really enjoy the stories as well. She has got some stories as well, by the way. Mm-hmm. Off to America, mm-hmm. Germany. Yeah. yeah, England, UK, Leeds, United. It's got it all. Always such a different route, isn't it? Yeah. No player, I was reading earlier, has created more chances from open play this season than Leah as well. And Casey has described her as the best left winger in the country. It's pretty phenomenal, though, isn't it? Pretty high accolade. Stats yeah. don't lie, there, do they? Stats don't lie. No. I'll tell you what. Let's get her on. Liv, have you been training today? I have indeed. My legs are killing me. Ooh. Double session. Yeah, double day. Double days. So have you been running today? Or weights? Or ball work? Um, we had pitch session this morning for two hours and then we had lunch and then we had gym session for an hour. A pitch session? What did you do in your pitch session for two hours? Everything. Um, passing, shooting, crossing, dribbling. Right, okay. Bit of everything. Yeah. And then what was this afternoon? Uh, gym session. Takes about an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm knackered. Yep. <laughs> I'm knackered now listening to you. That's like pre-season, that. Double sessions. Do you have anyone in your team who's like, like Giggsy was? unbelievably fit yeah we have a few of them you see when, when we used to do the double sessions in the afternoon it'd be like you'd be running and gigs you just run past you and you think how are you doing that <laughs> yeah we we have a couple of them to be fair we've got quite it a lot of really fit players yeah <laughs> so, so if you're on treading treading water minging okay everybody ready stitch any of your teammates up <laughs> any dirt any gossip you gotta be careful what i say no 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 Get your retaliation in first. <laughs> That's you all over. Yeah, I was going to say, that Absolutely. always been your tactic. Absolutely. Because when we get your mates on, that's when they all stitch you up and you're like, ah, I wish I'd have said that. <laughs> okay, I think usually these podcasts start, Leah, with us welcoming you to the chat, but I think we should include David May's opening advice, which was get your retaliation in before anything happens. Uh, welcome to the Manchester United podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. How are you? How's your day been? Uh, I mean, it's been a tough day. We've had a double day today, so we've had two sessions and I'm just about feeling my legs again, so that's always a positive. Did you enjoy training? Yeah, it was good. It was really good because it's international week, so everyone's kind of away and there's a lot less players, so we get a lot of time and a lot of focus, which is good for the ones that are left. Perfect. Maisie, how how would you get on with double training? Hated it. Hated it. (laughs) But because of internationals, so that means that you'll have the weekend off, won't it? Uh, we're no, we've got a game this weekend, but they're still away until tomorrow until Friday, right? Okay, last weekend off, then yeah, no, was it last, yeah. last weekend off? Yeah, how was that? Did you oh, enjoy that? Was, that was great weekend off with nowhere to go, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do on your weekend off in lockdown? Uh, not a lot, really. I've got a dog, so yeah. walk the dog, 
had a little cheeky takeaway where we had an nose, so it wasn't too unhealthy. And yeah, just chilled out, watched some Christmas movies, uh, watched a few series. Cool. I think it's important to ask about the dog. I was going to say, because Amy's dog was a big feature. Yeah. Oh, Betsy, she's so cute. Um, I've got a dog called Rhubarb. Um, he's actually just had his hair cut today, so he's nice and fresh looking. Rhubarb, nice name. Where did Rhubarb come from? Well, <laughs> I didn't have a choice in the matter. I basically <laughs> got handed a dog and said, got told this is called Rhubarb and this is your new dog. So I <laughs> can't really do anything about it, but I actually really like it now. Yeah, that's cute. Rhubarb. Um, do you listen to podcasts, Leah? Have you listened to any of your fellow teammates' podcasts with us? I have seen them. I haven't listened to all of them. Um, this, there's rarely a chance that I get to sit down for an hour and listen to something, which I wish I had more time to do. Um, and I probably will do after this, to be fair. So I'm quite excited to see how this turns out. You just want to listen to your own, but not your teammates? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. We always go back to the start with our guests to growing up. So we'll, we'll do the same with you. Um, tell us about life growing up, your sporting interest. Where did that come from in your family? Um, okay, so I was born and raised in Harrogate. Lovely place. And the best club nearest to me was Leeds United. I'm not going to be a big fan with the United fans after this, but... I started my career at Leeds United, to be honest, because it was the best academy around. Um, so I actually grew up through my whole career playing for Leeds and now I play for Man United. So it's just a bit of a, a bit of a turnaround. Mm. But yeah, um, it actually came from my dad. My dad, my dad played, well, used to play a lot of football. He played up until he was 52. Good effort. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it? That's nearly the same age as you, Maisie. Well, it'd be two years, yeah, you yeah, know. No. <laughs> Every week she gets, she has a dig at me age. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Sorry Leah. But his recovery, he was taking like weeks to recover in between games. So like he just knew it was time to pack in because obviously <laughs> his poor legs were just gone. Um, he started playing on the wing, on the left wing, just like me. So I think that's where I get it from. And eventually kind of, he had a few health issues and had to revert back to playing in goal which I'd never want to do, but he was actually really good. And I used to train with him every day. I used to go to every single game with him. And we were literally best buddies for like the first 15 years of my life. Wow. Aww, that's so nice. You love Helen Kreiner. <laughs> what team does he support? Leeds United fan. Oh. Yeah. Just, just making sure. Well, Leo, it's been a it's been a wonderful podcast. Thanks for having <laughs> coming on. I knew, it's been great. I knew that was coming. <laughs> how uh, how does he feel about you playing for United? You know what he he loves it. He loves coming. Obviously, when he can come to the games, he loves coming to watch. And he he's not bothered. He he follows the men's team now. Obviously, I do too. So like. He just doesn't tell any of his mates, you know. <laughs> well, as long as they don't listen to this, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what was what was childhood like for you? Did you like school? Were you sociable? Did you stay in? I was I was very dedicated as a kid. I mean, I never really went to like any parties, any anything like that because I had training. I used to. I remember my schedule. My dad used to take me every day, and it was like finish school, come home, get changed, straight out to training used to three times a week go to Leeds training and then go straight to wait to Leeds Met um, and do my strength sessions there. If I wasn't doing that, I was going to academy. If I wasn't doing that, I was playing a game. So six days out of the week. What age is this from? This was from, I will have been about 13. That's quite intense, isn't it? Yeah. I started, like, it was quite young because I was in the academy at Leeds so it started quite early. How did, how did you get into the academy in the first place? I got, my dad got a phone call from the academy owner and he said we really want your daughter to come trial we've seen her playing because I used to play at Harrogate Town like Harrogate Town Harrogate Railway and they wanted me to go trial for Leeds and I said no I said no dad I'm too scared I don't want to go and he said okay like if that's, if that's what you want you don't have to and then two weeks later he got another phone call, phone call from the same guy saying we really wanted to come down and he, I remember him turning to me and saying, just give it one go. If, you, if you're not good enough, you don't like it, it's fine. He was like, just go once and see what happens. And I loved it. Um, I got invited to the academy and that's where I progressed through up until the open age. So at that point when you had the opportunity and you said you didn't want to do it and you were scared, mm -hmm. so you're dedicating hugely to football and playing lots of football. But 
but I suppose at that time the women's super league didn't exist and it, it was a very different era in the women's game so were you doing it because you loved it or because you thought there's a life for me in this if I keep going I was doing it because I enjoyed it and I think that's why I turned down the opportunity to go and trial straight away because I was scared about that and I didn't think it was going to make me happy so I didn't want to do it if it wasn't going to make me happy um, because at that time like you say you couldn't really earn a living from playing football like there wasn't anything going on here so I was just doing it for pure enjoyment and it was more of a routine for me like I'm really big with routines and I like knowing what I'm going to do in every day so as a kid I think it was good for me to know like on these days I've got this on these days I've got this and it was so much fun like I used to go training and my dad used to drive me home, he used to stop at the fish and chip shop every week and get fish and chips <laughs> and share them in the car. Like it's just the little things like that that I remember that makes me so happy that I did it. If you didn't have football, what would you have been? Or what would you have done? That I, I still don't know to this day. Um all the way through all the way through school, I used to obviously play with the lads in the playground, yeah. used to kick the ball around and they all used to be like, oh, Was you yeah. was you best in the was you best in the in the school? Mm. I'm going to say yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Don't say it quietly, be proud. <laughs> yeah. And, they, and all my teachers used to be like, listen, what, where are you heading? You know, like in sixth form, what do you want to do? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And I used to be like, no, I want to play football. And they all yeah. used to laugh at me. They used to be like, play football? Mm-hmm. Like where? Like what are you going to do? And I used to be like, no, I'm playing football. Like that's what I'm going to do. And I remember I got my first England call up and I, I went straight to this one teacher that I didn't like. And she always used to doubt me about playing football. And I was like, mm-hmm. read this letter. And she was like reading it. And she was like, oh, very good. You're going to play for, uh, with England. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Damn right. I'm going to play for England. <laughs> and made a big scene about it. And forever after that, she hated me. So it was great. That's cool. That's so good. Have you, have you ever seen her since? No, but I would love to see her. I would love to see her. <laughs> <laughs> Is she still at the school? Yeah. I thought well, about going in sometimes, but I never end up doing it when I go back to Harrogate. you got to do it. Got to do it. See your face. Who were your heroes growing up, Leah? I was obviously at Leeds. So at the time, Sue Smith was front runner um, on the wing, number nine, scoring loads of goals with all the funky hairdos. And she was someone I really idolised at that point because obviously she was doing really well for herself and she was like in the England squad and she was big time. So she was definitely someone I used to I used to follow and want to be like. Um, and obviously you've got like your main footballers like Messi and Ronaldo, but I never had a huge interest in the men's side at that point because obviously when you're younger, it's kind of like you want to watch the women's teams play, you want to go and follow in their footsteps. So... Um, but now, actually, I, I watch a lot of football. A lot of watch a lot of men's football and try and take a lot of tips from their games because I think it really helps in our games. So I do a lot of that. And my other half doesn't agree, but it's good for me because I get to watch football. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Are, I only ask because you because you say you watch it and you pitch. What do you think are the the main the main differences for people that maybe are listening and, and haven't watched? The, the women's game as much or might listen to this and go oh I, yeah no I, I should go and watch the next game what what do you think well I said it already what do you think of the differences I think you know what a lot of people tell me when they have a they come and watch a game of ours for the first time and I'll speak to them after and they'll always say to me god I didn't expect that and I'm like what what didn't you expect like it's football and they're mm. like yeah but you all were just so like aggressive and strong and like flew into challenges and like you know, didn't go down easy and just got on with it. If you get headwood, you got up and you got on with it. And I'm like, yeah, because it's more to us than diving on the floor and getting a foul. Like, yeah. I think that's one thing you rarely see in the women's game is like stuff Jeez. like that. And yeah, and I know it's not like, they're not, they're not doing it on purpose in the men's game, but it's very highlighted because obviously like they can win tactical fouls and all this. And I think that's like the biggest thing that stands out for me, like, just our resilience on the pitch. And do you think that's do you think that's a flaw in the men's game? No, in the in the in the because because the reason I ask the question is because it, if I'm watching children's football or men's football or women's football, it's just football, right? and I wouldn't pick up on I wouldn't pick up on things like that. And I never have watching women's football. But so, do you think that's maybe a naivety? Do you think it would make more sense to look to win those small advantages because that can those can win games? I don't think it is a flaw. I think it's I think it's a good thing. Um, I get like if you do get hit and it is a 
for, you know, like nowadays refs aren't so good, especially in our league, unfortunately, like pulling stuff up if you don't go down. So I understand why people would, but at the end of the day, if you get kicked and you go down and you get kicked and you don't go down, it's still a foul. It still should be given. I would mm-hmm. just rather not be dramatic and fall on the floor. Hey, that's a good answer. Because you're honest. But this is, I mean, this is an extreme example. And we've been sidetracked, but I think it's interesting. And I hope people listening will think it's interesting. Leo and Maisie, you're, you're both, you, Maisie, you were a professional at this game. Like Maradona's, maybe his example with the English fans is one of the most blatant examples of cheating. But he wouldn't say it was cheating. He said it was just craftiness. And Gary Lineker, obviously, is the same thing. That it's up to the referees to spot the incident. And if they miss them, you're open to take any advantage you can. Like, when I've played Sunday League, obviously not the same. If I know <laughs> I'm offside and I score, I'm never going to turn around and go, guys, I was definitely offside. And that's not really different from benefiting from punching the ball into the net. I know I've cheated, but if I get away with it, I will. You, so, I don't know. I find, I find it really interesting. The, the mindset in it, I think, is really interesting. I just wonder what you think. I can understand that view, but for me, like, if you win unfairly, you don't win. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if I would rather lose the game if if it's doing it right, because then you know you've been beaten by a better side and you didn't win because of a handball or whatever the situation. I would never enjoy the victory if it was by winning, by cheating. So for me, that's not a negotiable. What was it like when you finally joined the Leeds Academy and, and getting up to making your debut at 16? What were those years like? Do you remember them or were you just focused and just getting on with it? It was all just, them years were just, they were the years I was grinding without thinking about anything. So I was just training every day, trying to improve the little things. Or I was playing with a lot of players that were older than me as well. So I think that really benefited me. Um, They brought a lot of experience and they were really good people. So I always wanted to learn off them and I never felt like I couldn't do something. Um, So yeah, when I started playing for the first team, it it was a really good moment for me. I'll never forget that. Just 16 as well. Yeah. Pretty young. But, like so young. When you look back now at 16, you obviously think that, you know, you're quite grown up, but you're not. You're a child at 16, really. Yeah, I was a baby. And I think it was, it was, I, I don't, I see it like that now when you say it and it is an achievement, but in the moment, obviously you don't think that. No. And you just think that's the norm and that's the way things go. I suppose if you were surrounded by people who are older, it, it you know, it is a little bit different for you than if you were surrounded by people who were all 16, but at this stage, you're playing with ladies. Yeah. Yeah, they're not, you're not teenagers. Um, was there anybody in that youth setup or when you were around 15, 16 that you've met on in later years? Did you have quite a successful youth team? They, they were, it was a pretty good team, yeah. I remember we came, we got to the cup final that year against Sunderland and that was a big thing because we had never got there before. We lost in the final, but I remember we, I feel like we played so well because we were such a team. Like it was not that we were the best team, but we were so together and just, we just enjoyed playing football together that we did so well that year. And I still know a few of the girls now, I follow them on social media and stuff like that, but not many of them are playing anymore, Mm. which makes me sad, but it is still nice to catch up with them. And I think Mm. I've had a few messages from a few of them saying like they're proud of where I've got to and stuff. So that's just nice for me. Yeah. Course. Sorry, Maisie, you all right there? Yeah, sorry, I'm just just dropped a golf ball. <laughs> Do you play golf? Golf is back tomorrow. Golf's back oh, tomorrow. No. Yes. Sorry about that. Just had to mention it. So from 16, you went on to make 30 appearances for Leeds, is that correct? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you don't know. We'll go with that one. <laughs> and I suppose at that stage of your career, that was the only thing in your sights to continue playing football? Yeah, I mean, at one point I thought I might be there till I retire because there was nothing else. So to me at that age, I was like, wow, I've already got to a team where I could be here forever. So mm-hmm. it, was a, it was an interesting feeling. I didn't really know where I was going to go. And then from that, you're right, I didn't really have many options. And then I heard about going to America and this was the next big dream. And yeah, that's where I went. Your next big, had that always been a dream for you? As I got to 15, 16, and there was not much else available, like around here to go to or go elsewhere, I had looked at going to America on a scholarship and going to play mm-hmm. for, in a college over there. And I think that was 
for me the next thing that I could do and the only thing that I could do. So that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Was you encouraged by your parents then to go? Because obviously the little daughter's leaving home and... Well, I'm the youngest, I'm the baby. And obviously my mum was like, oh. it's going to be difficult. But <laughs> I was such a home bird that I was really unsure about going because I had never really left to go anywhere. Yeah. But then I don't know what it was. One day I was literally like, no, I'm going. I've got to go. I was only 17 at the time. So obviously I was quite young still then. And I had been offered a full scholarship. So obviously I didn't have to pay anything. Yeah. Didn't have to worry about the financial side. And it was in New York. So I was like, well, New York, yeah. How good time. I, I'll go live in New York. <laughs> so uh, eventually you did go. How, how, was the, how was the process of leaving? Did you, did you find it uh, upsetting or emotional? Or were you like, can't wait to get started? Also, what did you study? Um, uh, I'll, I'll just answer the first question first. Yeah, just so I remember. Um, I, to be honest, to this day, at 26, leaving my family on that day on the aeroplane in the airport was probably one of the hardest things I have ever done. Um, I remember my mum was in tears. My dad was even crying. Sorry, Dad, if you're watching this, but... Like the emotions were just ridiculous. Like I knew I was getting on that plane. I was going somewhere I'd never been before and I wasn't coming back till Christmas. So at 17, for me, that was huge. On your own? Yeah, on my own. Um, Well, I was going with another girl from from England, but I didn't particularly know her. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't like I had the comfort. yeah. Yeah. But luckily I had this girl, she's called Chloe Dale. She was a lovely girl. Um, she played in Birmingham um, so we got to go out together which was really nice and I knew obviously we didn't know each other but just by means we got really close so mm. obviously we went out together which was nice but <clears throat> the first we got there in August until October I struggled really bad with homesickness that was the worst thing for me and obviously in pre-season over there we got smoked every day twice a day mm. in the heat and dealing with that and feeling homesick at the same time was <laughs> probably the hardest month that I've ever had to comprehend within my life. How did you get through it? Skype, FaceTimes, yeah. trying all the American food, eating my feelings. <laughs> um, I've never heard that time. Eating <laughs> my feelings. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it, obviously there was a lot of amazing things that I wanted to experience while I was out there. And you were on, was you on, on a campus? Yeah, we were on a campus. Yeah. yeah. And what was that like? Beautiful. Um, Hofstra isn't even one of the biggest schools in America, but to me it was huge because every campus over from? there is pretty big. Um, but yeah, the, the facilities were amazing. Food was amazing. That was the best thing for me. Got a little <laughs> bit chubby in my first year because I ate a bit too much food. But <laughs> What was the football like when you first arrived? What differences did you notice? Soccer. Obviously, it was, col- yeah, soccer. It was mm-hmm. college football. So it, it was different in many ways. Like there, Everyone was in a similar age group. So obviously, you only have like a certain amount of years to complete college. So no one was older than you know 22. Yeah. So it was kind of like... I had gone from being playing with girls that were up to 30 plus to back into, okay, these girls are between 18 and 22. And it, it was, I, I don't know how to explain the difference, but that automatically changes how the dynamics work in a team. Mm-hmm. And in America, they're very strict on, you're a freshman at the bottom of the pile, then you're a sophomore, then you're a junior, then you're um, a senior. So you work your way up the ranks. And they're very like, that's how it goes. Okay. So you can't get give up get above your station really? Basically, yeah. Okay. So in freshman year you, you do everything. You're the ball girl, you're the water girl, you're everything, no matter what. And you've come from playing in a senior team, that's quite difficult. Yeah. It was hard. <laughs> yeah. And obviously I didn't know anyone. So it was that as well as not knowing anyone in my team. Being in a different country and yeah, being ball girl and running after all the balls and collecting them all for everybody who were just stood there. <laughs> what was um, what was the level of skill like? Did you find it easy? Did you find it hard? Or I think I brought a lot tactically. Mm-hmm. Um, physically, it was very hard. They're very, very physical, strong, fit. Everything. They spend a lot of time in the gym. They spend a lot of time doing work on fitness. They're not as much tactical related. Yeah. So I think having a, an English coach, which was Simon Ridoff at the time, 
he was good at using what I had brought tactically to the team. And I think that helped a lot. Where would you where would you be in the pecking order of the best? Well, I'm gonna answer for you very quickly because didn't you you've got the you're the second highest goal scorer in the programme of forty six goals in a season, is that right? Yeah, I think so. And then and tied for most assists at twenty six. Yeah. So did alright. Did did alright actually, yeah. I had a great time. After obviously the first couple of months, which I found really hard. Um, it kind of passed and I, I kind of became really independent and I kind of changed who I was and it was I was more myself at that time and I was enjoying being in college I was enjoying meeting new people and I think it came out in my football because I was doing really well and we played twice a week Friday nights Sundays and physically I was getting better and tactically I was standing out so I think that really helped with my performances. Friday nights and Sundays, that's an interesting that's just a That's just a nightmare weekend, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> not much recovery time there, is there? No, I'm not thinking of that. I'm thinking about enjoying yourself. <laughs> yeah. Friday night in the Big Apple. That's what Sundays were for. <laughs> ah, of course, yeah. What did you study, Leah? Um, sports and exercise science. Okay. Yeah. Did you pass? Um, I did. Uh, just about. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I passed. I found college quite hard because shuffling it around between training and gym and going to class was very hard for me. There was a lot to do. And obviously their way of teaching out there is a lot different. So I struggled with that. There will be, I imagine, some people that don't fully understand what came next when you completed your four years, which you then entered the draft, right? Yeah. And you were the 13th pick. How was that experience for you? Because I guess by that time you'd been watch. Had you been watching it each year as everybody else had sort of moved on and so on? I, I knew about it. I didn't really watch it that much. I didn't really know what happened in a draft, and all the my American teammates had to tell me what was going on because I didn't have a clue. Well, even when it came to your turn. Yeah, I, I was sat there with all my teammates in a room and they were just like, oh my God, this is so exciting. And I was like, oh yeah, this is great. Like, I don't really know what's going on, but cool. Leah, you're going to have to explain because I have a clue what's going on. What's a draft? <laughs> um, basically, you know the the league out in America? Yeah. Um, they get picks every year from college players. So when they graduate, you can pick certain college players going so anyone that wants to enter the draft can and then then teams will specifically pick out players that they want in like non-broader kind of thing um yeah i got picked 13th which was actually pretty good i didn't really know what it meant but sky blue drafted me 13th so i knew i was only going across the road which was nice i wasn't going to the other side of the country which could have happened um Mm. so i could still come back and see everyone do you get a choice in that no, no choice. Really? Yeah, you can end up going anywhere. Because obviously I've seen it in basketball and stuff, and I'm thinking, oh, but there must be a choice. <laughs> no, I know I have no choice. For I think it's for the week before, the coaches from the teams can be in touch with you if they're interested. Mm-hmm. So they can give you a heads up and say, listen, if we get our choice first, we're going to pick you. If we get our second choice, we're going to pick you. So I had like, I think it was three or four of the teams, coaches had rang me. So I could have been going to any of them was there any of those options that you wouldn't have wanted to go to no to be honest I was happy going anywhere and I thought if that's going to be my time to get drafted to go professional then I will literally go anywhere at this point because I think living and for four years in in a new in a new world literally in America I had changed how I thought about things so I thought if anything, it's going to be better Mm -hmm. and then what was it like when you joined Sky Blue and suddenly you were playing at a club beyond the college level or like I guess a bit like going back to Leeds yeah again it was open to all eight like it was literally from well it was 21 and above really um that was also interesting because you had a lot of a lot of people with a lot a lot of different experience so like you had a lot of um, American national team players which was amazing to play against people like that and play with people like that and we had Kelly O'Hara in our team and Christy Rampone and they brought a lot of experience and that was amazing. Um, but going from being at college, being able to go out and party, mm-hmm. being pretty free to all of a sudden being in a house with the girls that you don't know again, to training every day, to being in competitive games was difficult. But 
I knew it's something I wanted to do and I was started to get paid for playing, which I had never been paid before. So that to me was where I started to to make my future look good. Mm-hmm. Did you have any thoughts at this time about, because the WSL were coming to fruition and getting a little bit more momentum, did you ever think about coming back to England? I have not thought oh, because about you was, it. Because you was having such a great time in LA, oh, sorry, in New York. Didn't even cross my mind. No. Um, I honestly didn't think about it to be fair, because obviously I haven't played in in the league here, so I didn't even know what was going on. Yeah. Obviously, I saw it over a lot of social media, but it didn't cross my mind. And I think I was just thinking, the longer I can be here and kind of build up my rapport and like get game time and stuff, the better. And earn money. And earn money, exactly. What did you What did you buy with your first wage? <laughs> I think I bought, <laughs> I think I went out for breakfast and I bought... I was going to say, was it food very, related? It was, yeah. again. <laughs> it was a bagel with cream cheese and bacon in it. Oh, not bad. The ones in America are pretty big too. Yeah, I, this was like... Not, not just your average size bagel. Yeah, and I remember <laughs> sitting there and thinking, oh, what a life. That's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Brilliant. Tell us about... Um, you suffering quite a bad back injury. Was that when you were at Sky Blue? Yeah. And how far into your time there? I think it was in my second year of being there. So after the first year, I got a contract extension, stayed for another year. And I think it was not far into my second year. Um, I slipped one of my discs in my back. And oh, that was that's probably one of the most painful injuries I've ever had. Touch wood. There's no more, but I was out for a good I think it was like six months and walking anything caused me a lot of pain and in America they're very quick to to want to get you back so it was kind of like right you're going in for injections you're going to try this you're going to do that and and nothing really worked and I, I think it was a bit too soon um so I'm just glad it's over now and, and I'm I'm hopeful that my back won't give out on me again Nothing worse than a bad back. Did you find Did you find it difficult being injured? Because, as in the time away, was that hard? To, especially, I suppose, being in another country, and or was it? Did you just focus and and do your best to get back as quick as you could? And it was. It was actually. I feel like I'm just complaining about my life here. <laughs> um, it was hard because I I couldn't even do anything. So like I was in pain to walk. So I couldn't. I couldn't move. I couldn't go and do rehab. I couldn't focus on anything else. So for me, there was a lot of therapy. I did. I started doing a lot of therapy over there, which was really good for me. Um, and we actually, in our house that we lived in with the girls, we fostered puppies. So we worked with a care home for, for dogs and we fostered puppies until they were old enough to be adopted. And that is definitely something that got me through because I used to just stay at home with puppies all day and look My after them. My God, that sounds amazing. <laughs> it was, I'm not complaining, it was hard work. I thought it was. But <laughs> it was good because it, it did distract me, but like you say, being away from your family and friends, and you can't play and that's what you're there to do. It's, it's not an easy time. I'm going to move us on, sorry, a little bit quicker because we haven't even nearly got to Manchester United. Tell us about leaving America and going to Germany. What was that process? Um, what were your thoughts behind it? I got, I didn't particularly get on with the manager at Sky Blue anymore. Um, so I thought it was a good time for change. And I came home and that summer I met my partner who it, it wasn't a decision to stay purely because of that. Obviously, I wanted to stay and not leave, but it was also a really good timing in the fact that I wanted to change up my careers in where I was playing. So I stayed home and spoke to my agent about moving. When you say home, sorry, you mean England now? Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah England. Back. And there was an offer for me at Bayern Munich, um, obviously in Germany. And the the professional club like that, to, to be interested in me, I was like, yep, let's go. Wow. What was that? What was that? Obviously, totally different country than mm-hmm. America. Yeah. Language, lifestyle. Yeah. Um, You've gone from like one to the, to a different extreme. America's obviously very relaxed. Yeah. Very laid back. You kind of like, we were in a couple of hours in the morning and then we were free for the rest of the day. 
and then you go to Germany and don't get me wrong that that setup and the professionalism is unbelievable like like I've never seen before but you were in from 10 till 6 every day so like it it was for me it was hard to just from being in for just a couple of hours and having a bit of my own life to go into I'm in work all day don't know what did you what did you do in those what did you do in those eight hours it was we would meet for obviously it was great because you'd meet for food in the morning you get fed at campus you love food don't you (laughs) (laughs) did you did you know when you spoke to your agent did you actually think about the canteens first yeah, can you go and check yeah, out the canteens and the yeah. grub you can eat and the, the huge sausages over there? You can, you can get the bratwursts. He sold it to me when he said you get three, fed three times a day, so I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you get that in prison. And I get paid? What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so go on, your, your daily routine in Germany is get it's up like breakfast. Eat, and then you do like analysis or a team meeting. You would have training for a good couple of hours, you'd have recovery massages whatever you needed for the day because obviously i didn't speak german i'd have german lessons yeah and then did you following that you then did, did you decide to take a break from from football for a bit is that what happened yeah um so i was at bayern i think for three months about and i think it just became too much for me in the fact of like i say like it was such a big change and I didn't know the the language and it was really difficult to communicate with my teammates, which is usually what gets you through when you're in somewhere else, like it did in America. And I really struggled and and then I began to miss home and I didn't want to play my football there. And I thought I should go somewhere else to give it, give it my all because I knew I wasn't playing great because I wasn't happy. And if I'm not happy, I don't play well. So I didn't want to just be there to be there. I wanted to go and be happy somewhere so I could play well. And that's when I decided that I had a bit of a dilemma and I was like, ah, I was like, do I want to play football? Like, is this really for me? Like I started to question a lot of stuff. Um, so I wanted to have a bit of a break, see if there was something else that I found that I was good at. And yeah, that's why I just decided to call it from there. This might be too simplistic. So sorry if it is. But that story sort of made me think about earlier when you said about not wanting to do the original trial with Leeds. Do you feel like you're someone who just loves football and so you want to play it when you can enjoy it and and when it makes you really happy, not because it can earn you money or because it can be a job, just because it's your passion and you love it? Yeah, exactly. I I always said, my, my dad always said to me, if it ever becomes a job and you don't like it, it's not worth doing. And that always kind of stuck with me because I was like, that's what I felt in Germany. I was like, this now feels like work. I'm going to work. I'm not off to train. I'm not off to see my team. I'm going to work. And yeah, I was getting paid, but it wasn't worth being paid to do something I don't like. But that's why I'm new. I feel like I don't even have a job because to me, it's not a job. It's just, I'm going to kick a ball around with my friends and we're good at it. Mm. That's brilliant. Did that have? I don't know if it's right. But it, it was reported last year that you'd asked not to be considered for England. Mm-hmm. Is that yep. right? And does that play into any of this? Is that maybe because you didn't want the pressure of having to do that, or it felt like something extra that maybe you wouldn't enjoy as much? Yeah, I I did. I said I, I didn't want to be considered purely because I, my confidence, obviously coming back from being out for six months, was like down here. So I knew that. To go to England, I want to be up here and I want to make sure I can give them everything and I want to be happy there because if I'm not happy, like I said, I I won't play well. And right now, obviously, I know it's been a good year since that happened, but I still feel like I'm finding my feet and I'm I'm just getting consistent at Man United. And I want to do that for a a good amount of time before I consider then changing it up again. When did you first hear about... Manchester United creating a team and when did you first hear of the interest for you? Um, it will have been I think it was about I had been out for a good like five months I think and obviously like I'm not training because I'm not like playing for a team and I'm, what did you do for those five months though? Um, obviously it was kind of summer wasn't it by the time I got back it was yeah. kind of going from from spring to summer so I, I just did what I haven't been able to do and mm. I went out and met my friends, went out with my family, 
and I had a good time. Like mm-hmm. I just wanted to do everything that I had never been able to do. Yeah. And I got bored of it very quickly. Like I did it for a couple of weeks and I was like, wow, I have no schedule. I have no routine. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, wait I'm, till, I'm just. Wait till you retire. Yeah. <laughs> wait till you retire. Well, you might end up like your dad playing to 52, but there's nothing worse. Cause yeah, it, it, I can that's imagine. Ha- it is. Because it just stops and you think, oh, I'll go play golf, we'll go on holiday, enjoy that. But you miss it so, so quickly. Yeah. You do. Yeah. I, I totally understand where you're, where you're coming from there. Yeah. Totally. Like, at first I was like, oh, this is great. I don't have to get up at this yeah. time. I don't have to run around. I don't have to do Eat what you then want. I, yeah. yeah. And then after a couple of months, I was like, nope. I was like, nope. I need it back. I really need it back. Um. So then I think it would have been June, June time. Um. I heard that obviously Man United women were creating a team and obviously because it was all over the news and at first I was like Man United can't play for Man United I'm a Leeds fan (laughs) famous last words (laughs) and then to be fair Casey got in touch with me and we had a meeting and she brought me in and I came out of that meeting thinking wow yep that is the team I want to play for and that is the coach I want to play under Mm -hmm. It was, that was another moment where I was in there and it kind of, I came in one person and went out a different person. And I was so ready and so focused to just get back into it that I was excited for me too. Mm-hmm. Had you met Casey before? I'd never met her before. I'd just obviously seen her play and yeah. seen, her, seen her on TV. So it was a, it was a, I don't even know what the word is. It was just a very interesting moment when I saw her sat in the office at um, Old Trafford and, I felt like I had to be very, very professional about it, obviously, because I, I hadn't been in the meeting. I hadn't been in contact with people like that. And mm. going from doing nothing to being in there, I was like, wow, yeah, this is real. And I'm going to do it. What did she say to you? She told me what her philosophy for the team was and the kind of team she wanted to build. And that had me interested right away. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I know I'm a Leeds fan and my dad's, my whole family is, but when a team like Manchester United comes asking if you want to play for them, it, it's like, wow, okay, like one of the, the biggest club is wanting you to play for them. Like that's when all jokes aside kind of go and you're like, yeah, like this is, this is real. We had this chat with Alan Smith <laughs> and that's, that's more or less what he said. Yeah, it, it, it's like obviously when I didn't have a thing, I didn't have a chance. I thought I had no chance of playing for Man United women's team. So I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'd never play for them anyway. <laughs> but then when you sat in an office with the head coach at Old Trafford, it's like, okay, like this is big. Had she been watching you throughout your career? Did she say that to you? I think she just she thought that she knew my potential. Mm-hmm. And that's what she wanted to invest in more, I think. And I was really excited to work with her because no coach I had ever been with before had said they were excited to see me grow into what I could be. And do you think that's a strength of hers? Yeah, I do. And she's stuck to her word. And I think a year and a half later, I'm getting to where I think she thought I would be. Is there any part of your family, any of your friends, any of your teammates or anything like that give you a stick for playing for United? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of my PTs from Harrogate is a Leeds fan through and through. And every time I go home to work out at his gym, he rips me. He won't even let me in the gym in my Man United training kit. (laughs) And he's like, he's like, next time you're over, I'm going to get a tattoo of the Leeds crest on your chest (laughs) underneath where you would wear your shirt. And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) But it's all good fun. So tell us about the team being built. Did you know any of the other girls? Obviously, you'd spent most of your, well, all of your career away in America and Germany. Did you know any of the other girls? I had no idea who was going to be there when we turned up. Not a clue. But obviously, when we turned up and I started seeing faces, I was like, wow, yeah, I recognize these people. And, like, I had played England youth teams with, like, Alex Greenwood, with Zell, with Jess, you know, like there's a few of them that I recognise and I was like, wow, like that was a good, like, you know, five, six years ago. And now I'm seeing them again at a brand new team that I didn't even know I would be here and seeing them. So that was just the the maddest day. Like I can't even explain, but it was, it was surreal. 
but that's when it started to kick in and seeing the people in that room I knew we were going to be a good team Mm -hmm. so what did it feel like when the team were finally together and playing and you'd scored your first goal and and having action I, I knew I was back to where I wanted to be um I don't think there's quite a feeling like it when I pulled on the Man United shirt for the first time, sent my dad a picture because I knew it would be mad. Um, <laughs> I was just going to ask you that. What was it like putting the United kit on first? Did he know it was the first game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he did, but he was definitely sat there with his lead shirt on. Lead yeah. shirt. But it was almost like a proud moment because I had looked at where I had been and then how I had kind of dropped off from playing and then now I was back at one of the biggest clubs. It was weird. It was... It was like, it was almost like it wasn't real. And then obviously we did really well the first year and that was the first time I had won like a major league or anything like that for a while. So that was, the feeling was amazing to have that feeling and win something like that and know that next year we were going to be with the bigger teams and playing in the best league. Did you have any doubts about joining the team and being in that league initially or did you all have confidence that we're only going to be here for a year? I think we knew that we only had to be there for a year. Yeah. Um, we still had to perform. We still had to win the games, which yeah. we, we did. We delivered. But I think it was good for me because I haven't obviously played. So going into mm. the division below was a better start point for me so I could build up from not playing instead of going straight into a top flight league. Mm-hmm. So I think that season gave me a good time to find my feet again. Because obviously after six months out, I was rusty. Like I wasn't... I wasn't performing to my best ability until definitely like the last half of the season. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that wasn't in the top flight. I'm glad it was in the championship where I could have not my greatest games. What about your fitness levels? That must have been tough to get back. Six months is a long time. Yeah, it was. I'm not going to lie. I said preseason in America was hard, but this was probably on par, if not harder. I struggled. I complained a lot to all the girls, made a lot of friends who complained quickly too, um, but pushed through it. And, you know, I think because I've done so many pre-seasons before seasons, I knew that I would find my fitness pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So after a couple of months, I, I felt good and I felt, I felt back in shape. So I think it was nice to know that my body would turn it around and I was back to where I'd left off really. Obviously Germany was, you know, a difficult time for you. You didn't necessarily enjoy it. Parts of America probably were the same for you. Did you take any of that with you mentally when you went to play for Manchester United, those low moments? No, I, I don't think I did purely because I was so happy that I was playing football again. So already taking my happiness of just being back in a team onto the training round, I was already enjoying it. And I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking about anything that had happened to me in the past. I was just thinking Fresh start, it's a new yeah. challenge. It's a new opportunity. I'm just going to do as much as I can. And looking at it now, like when I sit down and speak to you about it, it's crazy because like, I feel like I'm in the right place at the right time and I'm really enjoying it. Speaking of new challenges, last season, I suppose, was a double header. First season in the Women's Super League and then the season is stopped and the world stops. Yeah. What was that like and how did you cope with it all? That was just weird. I, don't, I still don't really know what's going on at the moment, to be honest, but... <laughs> I think the the stopping was annoying because I had been out injured for a, a couple of games, came back, was ready to go, was flying in the game against Everton, scored twice, we won 3-2. Um, just literally getting to the point where I felt good, confident, fit, everything. And then they're like, right, the league's over. We're locked down. You have to work out from home. I was like, what? No. <laughs> Not right now, please. Um, but... I think it goes along with like, I miss my family, you know, like I've not been able to see my family just like in America. Like I kind of know how to deal with it now. Mm. So I think it hasn't been as hard for me because I've dealt with these things in the past. Mm. How was it? How as a team? Did you all stay motivated? And, and did you, did you have, I don't know, WhatsApp groups or team meetings and stuff to keep all, to keep that team spirit alive? Yeah, we lot the staff did a lot of work to be fair. We had loads of groups with like challenges in and like cooking challenges or like challenges in in the garden with a ball and a bin. Like really like basic stuff that we could do, but it was really good because 
I would still get to see like my, all my teammates on Zoom every like twice a week. So yeah. I still felt really connected, but we were just not seeing each other in person. How do you feel when you hear the words from Casey describing you as the best left winger in the country? This is what I do every time. I just like <laughs> laugh because I'm like, to me, that's like a mate. Like I don't even know. I don't even know how to explain that. Like when someone tells you they think you're the best winger, it's like what? What did you say? Especially what? when somebody like Casey is telling you as well. Exactly. Like I don't. I don't believe her because I don't think that of myself. Which I should. Like I should think that if someone's telling me, but I don't think I ever think I'm the best because I feel like I have so much room to improve, and I'll never be at a point where I'm like, I'm the best and I don't need to do any more. But it is very good for my confidence. And mm-hmm. I think that's something I need to work on a lot. But when someone's telling you that is is good and it makes me smile and mm-hmm. it makes me think, yeah, you know what, if she thinks that, then how many other people think that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I should think that and I should believe in it. And, you know, the more and more I start to perform and have consistent games, the more I start to believe that it could be true. What aspects of the game you say about improving? What aspects of the game would you personally like to improve on? I want to be more, um, like, I want to score more goals for the team. I want to be more, I know assisting is great and everything, but like, if I can, you know, dig out a win for us, even if it's 1 0 and 1 major and 0 0 with a big team, that's what I want to be able to do. I want to be able to be the impact player that delivers when we need someone. And I think I love assisting. Don't get it wrong. If if I can give it to someone to score instead of trying to beat a player and score myself, I will give it because it's just the more the I, the odds are higher for them to score, and I I would be happy for that. But I do think I need to be a bit more greedy and have a few more shots, and you know, believe in my ability more, and and just keep pe- taking people on. Do you think what Casey said to you about you being the best left winger in the country? Do you think that puts pressure on you, or or does it give you? Obviously, it gives you a great boost as well, but does it also put a little bit of pressure on to think, well, if she thinks I'm the best, I've got to play like the best and try things that maybe you're not good at or you're not comfortable at? At first, when she said it, I was a bit taken back because it could have gone either way. I could have thought, she now thinks that I'm this and I'm going to have to perform every game. But the way she delivers it and speaks to me in training and is so encouraging, I think it's almost like my head's gone right that's amazing she thinks that and I have got the potential to be that so I'm going to train like that every day and that's what I want to do instead of being Mm. pressured into thinking I have to do this and I have to do that because even when everyone has bad days like you know like yeah and even when we have bad days it's going to happen and in training if I'm having a bad day she'll be like fine keep going keep going just keep doing everything like just bring it that about like bring it back down to basics like slow it down she knows how to manage us as players which is amazing because I've never had a coach that will do that. Yeah, the what way you like, talk there like, reminds me of conversations that people have had with Sir Alex. She's saying to you or about you the best left winger in the country because she knows maybe that's something that will give you confidence, whereas other people she might not say that to because they can't deal with that pressure. She's probably right. giving you what you can deal with. Yeah. And what you that's need. What I, yeah. yeah, I think so. Sorry, Maisie. I have no idea what I'm going to say. Sorry. <laughs> Just really interrupted there. That's brilliant, isn't it? yeah. <laughs> How have you found this season? Obviously, Sorry. seven seven oh, games he's in got unbeaten. It, he's got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Before you go to Sam, what's Casey like in the dressing room then at half time? So we just the game against City, two 0 down. What's she like in yeah. the dressing room? Is she is she feisty? Is she ripping heads off air dryers? <laughs> no. Basically, she comes in and she'll say, what do we think? And she'll put the the floor out to us as players and say, tell me what you think is going wrong or tell me what you think is going well or what we can change, which I think is great because she's given us the chance to put it right before she then tells us how to do it. Yeah. Um, I like that because I feel like she believes in us knowing what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong, which is is good. And I feel like at our age, we should be able to deal with that. She, She doesn't lose a head unless it needs to be lost. Like, yeah. I feel like we were 2-0 down, but she came in and she said, we can still win this game. Like, it's only half time. we're 2-0 down, and we can still win it. And your coach coming in and saying that instead of being like, nah, 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 is so much better. 
mm-hmm. us as a team and players, especially me. Like if my coach comes in and screams at me, I'm like, oh my God. But coming in and saying you can win this, I'm like, yeah, we can win this. Mm-hmm. Is it is it similar to when we used to play that a lot of the time the manager didn't really say a lot, to be fair. He'd let the players say something and then he would say his, you know, two or three minutes because you've only got maybe, what, 12 minutes by the time. Sorry, that's yeah. my beer machine. Did you get that task? <laughs> Did you get my beer machine on? Oh, my famous beer machine always makes a noise. You've got maybe 12 minutes out of that. You know, you're, you're from the pitch into the dressing room, you have a drink, you sit down. Are you girls at each other all the time in the dressing room saying, well, you should have done that? And, or is it a little bit mellow? It's, Do you have ranters? Not really. We have people who will say points if they think it needs to be like, no one will say it nastily. It'll just be like, right, we need to do this and this, or you need to come in the pocket more, or you need to go down the line more. It's very informative and good instead of being like, you're at right. this, you yeah, should be yeah, doing yeah. this. Because I think we respect each other enough to know that that's not going to work. You can see numerous teams that, well, it might it might work for some people, but yeah, yeah, I know course, yeah. in our team it's not going to work with any of our players. Yeah, And I think it's just knowing your players and your coach knowing your players, which we do. And I think that's why we've been able to figure it out this year. Yeah, well, And it's been great this year. Obviously, seven games, unbeaten, top of the league. Arsenal only a point behind, so I assume nobody's getting too carried away. But you must be very proud of the start you've all made. So proud. I mean, it's almost like, we should believe that we can do that, but we didn't know it was going to happen. So I think now it gives us a, so much belief and so much confidence to take what we've done into the next games for the next half of the season. And do you have? Do you set yourself personal targets for what you want to achieve over the season? Like you said, you want to score more goals. Do you set yourself a, a tally that you want to reach or anything? Um, I don't particularly set certain numbers and stuff because I feel like then I could be too into reaching that certain number. I just yeah. I'll say like. I want to be more clinical. I want to score more goals as a whole. I want to be more like have more assists. I want to be more involved with play as a roundabout. I won't give any actual numbers because I don't want to look too far into that. Very sensible. What have you enjoyed the most? I know it's been difficult, obviously, with the pandemic, but what have you enjoyed most about your time at Manchester United so far? I think it is meeting the people I've met. Yeah. I've got some friends that I know I'm going to be friends with forever. And that makes me the happiest because it's very rare, especially as you get older, like to meet people that you're going to then know forever. Mm -hmm. And obviously we've been in college in America. I met a lot of people, like a lot of people, but I'll probably never see them again. Mm. So it's nice to know that I've, I've got people on this team that I will be friends with forever and they'll be at my wedding, they'll be at my funeral, they'll be everywhere, you know? Like... Right? Let's <laughs> <laughs> put some time between those yeah. events. Yeah, things just in that order. <laughs> you know, like, I know they're going to be there and, and that makes me really happy and I think the best thing is that I'm happy in where I am, as in, like, I've never been so happy playing football. What would happen if you played against Leeds? would smash him. <laughs> <laughs> is there anybody in, in the division that you look forward to playing and you think we can't lose against these today? I mean, our league, so like, you never know who's going to beat who. So obviously mm-hmm. it's difficult to say, but there's, it's always got to be the derby for me. Like, it's, it's a derby. Like, you yeah. know that someone's going to get smacked in the face or there's going to be a fight or there's going to be something. Like, it's just exciting. And you know mm-hmm. that there's so much like it's so proud. You're so proud when you win because you know that the city is is red. Like yeah. you know that, and you know it's everywhere. Like you know that everyone knows it. So it's almost like, yeah, obviously we want three points from every game, but that game we're going in and we're we're doing anything we can. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, also, you're an ambassador for Sports Recruiting USA, right? Yes. Uh, well, what, uh, used cool. to be kind of still am, but not as much okay. involved anymore. Is that just you're just too busy? Very, very busy at All those double sessions. I'm walking my dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's the ideal situation. I suppose you want to be too busy. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the S, um, sports recruiting is amazing because obviously I did the, the going out to America and doing that. And if anyone ever asked me if it was a good idea, I would say, yeah. 100% hands down, go do it. It changed my life and I'm pretty sure it would change theirs. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you would like to 
if there's some young girls listening to this podcast, which I'm sure there will be, any advice you'd give them? Something something that you've took out of your your obviously it's a short career at the moment, but where you think if I could give one little bit of advice to somebody just to help them along, might not be football, might be another sport, but I I like I would say be happy in what you're doing. If you're not happy, make sure you really think about it. And if not, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Because I I have never done great somewhere I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do well and you want to do it because you love the game or you love playing tennis or you love doing whatever you're doing, make sure you're doing it because you're happy and not because you think you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Great advice for life, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's it. Oh, brilliant. I was just going to ask for a recommendation. Great idea. <laughs> Any, something's just gone wrong in my house outside there. Don't know what's going on. <laughs> Sorry for that noise. Um, any recommendation of your teammates that you think would make a good conversation on the podcast? Who have you had already? We've had Mary. We've had, well, we had Siobhan. Um, uh, Amy. Amy. Yeah, she's a good one. I think that's it. Um, let me think about this. We want somebody like yourself who never shuts up. <laughs> I think most people, everybody that we've had on has suggested that we speak to Millie. Oh, God, you won't get a, a word in Edgeways. That would be great, actually. Yeah, get Millie on there. Yeah, <laughs> she's she going to leave a lot of time for that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she'd be really good, though. She's got, like, she could talk. Okay. okay. Liam, thank you so much for talking thank to us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I yeah. really enjoyed that. Cool. Feels weird looking back on my life. Yeah, I bet. I know. Is that all good? Got everything. Mint, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, it was great. I thought it was really good. What's for dinner? Not a clue. Hey, what's for dinner? Oh, we're having chicken Caesar salad. Chicken Caesar salad? Yeah. Jeez. Why, she look disgusted. Oh, rhubarb, come here. Chicken Caesar salad? It's absolutely freezing having a salad and it's Baltic. Have something <laughs> nice and warm. Come on, rhubarb. <laughs> we're just trying to pick him up. Oh, my God, I thought that was the size of it then. <laughs> what did you have before him then was it a ball or something yeah it was a ball oh I thought that was a dog this is rhubarb brilliant he's just had his hair cut today and he looks great doesn't he he does look great he's just over one brilliant great dog <laughs> so there we go guys good advice be happy I was, I think absolutely that was really good I really enjoyed that really good. such simple advice but do you know what sometimes it can get too complicated can't yeah. it just be happy in what you're doing. But the whole, I think, I think the whole chat was really good. Yeah, and I thought she walked away from it because she was unhappy, and she thought, "I'm unhappy now, so I'll go back into it to be mm. happy." Yeah, fantastic. We actually didn't talk enough, probably, about only being in Germany for three months and then just thinking, uh, "Not for me." Just going to pack. It I'm not being funny. Yeah, that would be really difficult. I think. Yeah. That'd be going from, as she said, two hours a day, having the rest of the day off. You know, go shopping, go to the park, hang around, do whatever you want to do. New York's a fantastic place to do it. But going to Germany and having to work eight hours a day, not for me. That's not that's not the footballer's mindset, that, Maisie. No. Working eight hours a day? Wow. <sighs> She'd probably gone from working eight hours a week. <laughs> Why are you laughing anyway? Why did you go... <laughs> what? Because <laughs> you said going to the park. It's just a funny phrase. Yeah, well, go to the park. That's what Maisie... When we're not podcasting, Maisie's at the park. I'm always at the park. See him there, feeding the ducks. Yeah, tell the dog. <laughs> Great. But no, it's so inspirational, really, to take that break and then come back, not just to play a little bit of Sunday League level football, to actually play for Manchester United yeah. after that break and falling out of love with football. I think it says a lot to be honest, as well, about Casey. Yeah. yeah, convinced how to do it and and has built the right environment and the right atmosphere and the right team. She's the Fergie of the women's. It'd be, it'd be great to get her on the pod, though, wouldn't it, Casey? I wonder how much yeah, she'd divulge, no. though, because she might if if her players are listening, she might want to mm. tell us her secrets. Yeah, true. Her little individual management styles. Well, Leah is absolutely flying, and she said herself, you know, after being with the team this long, she finally feels like she's back to her best. I think that was what she'd said. And things are only going to get better by the looks of it. And hopefully one day we will see her in that England team. She'll, you know, feel like she's ready to make that step. She will. Yeah. Should we have a look at some emails? Why not? Okay. Uh, would you like to go first, uh, Helen, or would you like me to read the first one? 
Whatever your heart desires, Sam. Okay, well, you go for it. All right, okay. Jack Gillen says, hi, guys, and Helen. <laughs> what? Says, hi, guys, and Helen. <laughs> Helen's not one of the guys. <laughs> Philip got left out of the group for that <laughs> comment, thanks. All right. Jack Gillen says, hi, guys, I've just recently started listening to podcasts and the United podcast is excellent. I have made my way through almost all of them. They are so good, but Albert had me laughing so hard in my car about the ghosts in the hotel. Quentin mm. Fortune was so interesting and inspiring. My 17-year-old is a mad, crazy United fan, and we listen to them as we travel to his soccer matches and training. He's learning so much history about the club, and we can't get enough. We have seen United play many times here in the States. I have travelled to Old Trafford in April of 2005 with my dad and brother for a match. Experience of a lifetime. Can't wait to bring my son in the near future. Thank you so much for your hard work, and please keep the quality coming. Thank you very much indeed, Jack. Albert was very funny. Uh, also, hello, uh, Jack. Jack's son, because presumably they're listening on the way to a game. Yeah. Win it. Yeah. Give him hell. Get the three points. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I've got one from Matthew Walker that says, Maisie, Selen and, ha- uh, Selen? Maisie Helen and Sam, a.k.a. Simon, congratulations on such a great podcast. Certainly a weekly highlight hearing from my 90s and noughties idols about their journeys and behind the scenes working at Old Trafford and the Cliff. Really enjoyed hearing from players I didn't know so much about, like Jim Ryan and Gordon Hill. I could have listened to them speaking for hours. Keep up the great work. That's from Matt. Thank you, Matt. Yep. Thank you. Martin Fitchett said, Hi, everyone. Just wanted to let you all know how great the podcasts are. So Martin is listening to our podcast whilst working from home. I'm listening in Okotoks. He's actually spelt it out phonetically for me. Hopefully I've got it right. In Alberta, in Canada, but he's originally from the UK. He said he really missed trips to Old Trafford, but we got the chance to drop by last year whilst visiting family and show our five-year-old around the stadium, which he was amazed by. Loved tales of a kit man. Fantastic to hear the down-to-earth, behind-the-scenes stories. I'd love to hear from Ruud van Nistelrooy, Edwin van der Sar, or even Alan Keegan, our announcer, I think might make a good guest too. Cheers all, and Maisie, keep up the great banter. Oh, yeah. Kind regards, Martin. Just personally at you. Thank you very much, mine. Uh, I've got one here from uh, Justin Van Dyke who said, Hey guys, want to say I've been loving the podcast. I've just listened to the Evera episode and I'm absolutely blown away by his story and his journey. His story about the guy at the train station that took him home and gave him somewhere to sleep and something to eat got me feeling emotional. Just have to think how different how things could have turned out if he'd been sent back home. I have to 100% agree with Evera about Dan James. I've been a massive fan of his since I saw the video of him coming home and his girlfriend surprising him with a puppy. Anyone that reacts like that to a puppy is okay in my books. His passion for United has been inspiring and you can really see that he leaves everything out on the pitch. I'm glad to see he got to celebrate one more goal before lockdown uh, suspended football. I'd love to hear a podcast with Michael Carrick. He was such an important player at United and now being involved with the coaching staff, his stories could be interesting as well as his involvement with the community and young footballers in Manchester. Thanks and keep up the good work. That's from Justin in Cape Town, South Africa. Justin, thank you so much. Uh, we will we will try and get Michael Carrick on. We will. Yeah. Guys, thank you. Cheers, troops. Thanks, it's been a pleasure. Good to see you. What's for tea, Vals? Mexican. Oh, fajitas. Mm-hmm. What's for tea in your house, Sam? This isn't the chat anymore, is it? Now we're just having a chat, aren't we? No, it's part of the chat. Oh, I don't, I don't know. We'll just make something up for the sake of the conversation, oh, Sam. Some, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we'd finished. Uh, Sam, <laughs> salad. Salad. Enjoy that salad. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. If you have made it all the way to the end of this podcast, don't forget you can get in touch in the usual way. United Podcast at manunited.co.uk and that email address is in the notes. And don't forget you can watch us on MUTV every Friday night too, if your little heart desires that. Guys, it's been a pleasure. See you soon. See you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye.